0: everyone after a uh, i guess a 9 month hiatus and one of my biggest pet peeves is when uh media creators come back after let's say it's a month and they give you about a 10 minute long overview of why they haven't a uploaded a video b written a blog post or c made a podcast and um and then after the episode is over which is only about 10 minutes long <laughs> then they come back a, you know a month later a year later and they say hi guys sorry i didn't make a video been real busy for 10 minutes there's actually this there's actually this really great uh youtube clip of um <laughs> it's a compilation of hi guys sorry i didn't make a video <laughs> um so we're back it's um it's it has been a while and um you know the 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 biggest thing that happened in 2020 in relation to this podcast was covid-19 um the the plan was obviously to bring this recorder with me to all the rallies and interview people and then i didn't go to any rallies <laughs> um but i still you know the the other secondary plan was going to be to um interview makers people that build things And so like in the past month, I've spoken to a couple of people, um, that are USA based, uh, one or two person shops that are building things for our community and, uh, you know, asking them if they want to be on the show and, um, getting told no a lot, but, uh, that effort still remains. So if you happen to know someone who's building stuff, please uh, send them my way. Cause I, I find those conversations super awesome. There's this, um, there's sort of this founders story that goes along with it, but also, um, you know, it, 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 for me is like the, the opportunity that, uh, America still lends to all of us. Um, that, that, that patriotism that we all have toward, you know, made in America. And, uh, you know it's not indicative of the fact that you know like I'm not a nationalist I am a globalist but um but I still like the success stories because it it, it shows that we we Americans are still making things and uh and, and there are people that have a, a dream to start something they 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 you know it won't get out of your head you stay up at night thinking of this thing you need to create to solve a problem that's really just for you and then you realize other people have the exact same problem, and all you're doing is making like a case saver for a <laughs> for like a 500 exc, and, uh, and then you sell 10,000 of them, and that sort of uh, you know that sort of economy and the founder idea just really excites me. Um, so anyway, that's that, that's kind of been my uh, goal of this podcast. So obviously, it's not going away. We'll keep doing it, and uh, I find you know I find podcasting to be a lot easier than making videos it's not just the computer cpu you know having to crunch uh 4k videos but it's the you know i'm in my underwear right now um no t-shirt sitting back in my chair uh talking into the air and um i don't need to go like check my lighting and do white balance stuff and set the camera up at a couple different angles it's just me talking to you all. So thank you for listening. Um, let's not, let's not recap too much. Uh, let's, let's, let's look forward and let's talk about, and this is going to be kind of an exclusive for those of you, for some reason, the four or five of you that happen to read all of my, uh, magazine articles and listen to all my podcasts and watch all my videos and follow all my different internet forum and Reddit posts, uh, and Instagram posts. That's, it's weird, but thank you. So, um, those of you that listen to this that are um uh that are in that world, uh this will be kind of seen as an exclusive. But it's because I, I've been when I back to the founders thing, when I get onto a a um a thing, as I get older, I've gotten better about self control. And what I mean by that is um I I definitely say no to myself far more than I did back when I was 25 or 20 or 15. And, um, so, so even though I've gotten a bit more responsible, um, I still have a tendency to get really over the top into something and then I can't get it out of my head. So like, If if you look at the the bike transformation, um, you know, my first motorcycle was a 2009 R1200GS Adventure, first motorcycle I ever owned or rode. Well, no, that's not true. I rode a uh, an MSF like a I don't know like an old Yamaha like 120 or whatever those things are um, that you do the MSF course on. So I rode that obviously, but I'd already purchased the GSA. And, um, you know, what has made me into a decent rider is not the bike I chose. It was the fact that I spent my entire first summer, like out in the woods on that GSA, just dumping it, just dropping it hundreds of times and, uh, and then just doing lots of training. And also, by the way, my first set of tires I bought for the GSA, was the Conti Trail Attack 2s. And what's what's funny about it is I was thinking, air quotes, trail. That's what I ride on. It turns out those were not trail tires. Those were street tires with a little deeper knob, but they were road tires. Those were not... Like I was going through just mud pits and just the bike was just, shoo, just flying out from under me. I, I should have broken my leg. Um, but instead, I spent that summer wearing down those tires and learning so much about um about balance and riding and uh how to pick up a bike. Um I'd be out there by myself with no sat phone, just on my six hundred pound GSA, fully fueled of course, on my street tires, riding around in the woods. Uh and that you know, that's how I got into the sport. And so uh it took about two years for me to um purchase a, a 2017 gs adventure um and then when i crashed that a year later i purchased a 2018 gs adventure which is rosie which many of you know is obviously fully farkled and her build is done um and then it was also in uh 2018 so about about a month before i crashed black betty that i purchased a beta 500 um And then, uh, that winter, I also added a K75RT to the basement and, uh, it took me a year to kind of restore that to where it is today, which is, it's an amazing bike. I love that bike. Um, a comment from someone when I first purchased the beta has sort of, you know, sometimes there's, there's, there's things you will say that just stick out and they stay with you for a while. Um, when I first purchased the, the beta 500 RS, it was a 2016 model year. I was the third owner. Um, they, they, they said, this is not the bike for you. I bet you'll never ride it and you'll probably sell it next season. And I'm not the kind of person that, that says, Oh, I'll show you. And I don't do that. But like, um, I knew what I was getting myself into, I had some needs that I wanted to have met, but I also had, the reason for buying that motorcycle um, was that I wanted to, I wanted to be out in the woods without needing to really worry about the bike holding me back. And the kind of riding I was doing, I mean, to go from a GSA, which I think that thing weighs in around... 670 pounds fully fueled Without boxes on it so to take a 677 pound bike which I which we do We do a lot of riding on the GSA if you look at some of the 2020's videos before COVID really got Serious uh, we did a lot of woods Riding on that thing and I, I love it um, and, and in case in point When my Local riding buddies And they aren't BMW guys when they want to go on a Ride I always Have a conflict And that conflict is, am I going to be on the bike all day, on the highway, on state roads to get to where we're going to ride for a bit? So is it going to be painful for four hours to then be fun for 10 minutes on the trail, aka the beta? Or is it going to be painful for four hours because we're on a trail for four hours, a really gnarly, muddy, rocky, like just shitty trail? Um, only to enjoy the 10 minute ride home on the, the GSA. And so that's always been my issue is like, what kind of ride are we going to do? And I know the the guys are all, we have a no ego sort of situation. Like everyone's very, very, um, accommodating, but this, this is a, this is a dilemma that the guys go through every single time they invite me out for a ride. Alright, we gotta figure out what, what bike Adam is gonna take. Is he gonna bring the, 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 the three hundred pound fully fueled beta, which which you know weighs slightly less slightly more than Adam weighs, or is he gonna bring the seven hundred pound behemoth? If he brings the beta, he's gonna bitch about the seat hurting his ass all day. He's gonna bitch about the highway miles, he's gonna bitch about all these things. Um And we got to carry his tools. Cause he has no storage or he's going to bring the GSA and are we gonna have to push that damn thing up a hill four times. <laughs> like, are we going to be behind him getting covered in mud while he pushed this big fat pig up a hill um, and then have to deal with Adam's shit <laughs> of every time we stop for gas, Adam's going to say, guys, I only have 300 mile range remaining. Should I get gas? Which I do every time. <laughs> and i feel bad for my friends cuz they 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 have to deal with this over and over again um but there are weekends days not weekends there are days where i throw a leg over the beta and i just go out into the worst muck i mean we're talking about not even class 4 class 6 roads but like just trails trails that are overgrown there's trees down everywhere um, and you know, one of the accessories I was going to buy for 2021 was a, a chainsaw holder for the front of the beta. Cause I like going out in these woods and just clearing and making space for, uh, for activities and not to tell anyone where I'm going, not to bring anyone with me. It's just the beta. I can pick it up. I can put it on my back and walk it up the hill. Like it's not that heavy. Um, I love those kind of rides so much that it's almost as if like, the beta is too big for those. So, like, really, like a KTM 300 TPI two-stroke, that would be the bike for those trips where we do the worst hero sections of ATV trails, uh, and we always do it like in spring when it's just just mud and crap out there and ice. So, it's the the beta is too big for those kind of rides and i don't have a truck so i'm always riding to the trail and then there's the so if i were to think like um, master plan this would this would have been this is the ideal situation for me given what i've done lately so we still have the gsa is not going anywhere um i I did my first iron butt ride in november uh a thousand miles in a day i've done maybe 950 975 in a day four times in the past so i've done you know i've done thousands of miles um on the gsa it is an amazing touring bike the motor and, and and the off road ability of it, it's a bike that, like, it's a bike platform that will never not have a space in my garage, unless I find myself, you know, making significantly less money than I do now. Um, then of course I would I would go downsize to an older boxer, like an oil cooled boxer or an early liquid cooled model. Um, I downsize in like, let's buy a 2014, um, for 13 grand, as opposed to a brand new $25,000 motorcycle. So the GS is always gonna have a place in my, my heart and my butt. (laughs) And at the other end of the spectrum, uh, I need a, a bigger garage. I need a space for my projects. So we have four cars and four motorcycles. So we, we need space. Um I also need a truck so that I can put the supposed two stroke in the back and drive up to northern New Hampshire and then unload it and go riding. Uh and you know, keep all my camping gear in the truck. That's another thing that I would need in my supposed dream world of of perfection for the kind of riding style I do where like the guys are going to all trailer or ride up to Northern New Hampshire and my butt can't take it. So I'm going to basically meet them there with the truck. And then there would still be kind of like the around town commuter, which the K75 fills. So really it's, it's two stroke plus truck plus garage. And that would become my sort of like ideal situation. The only other thing that we would, we would want to get Heather and I is um, a, a lighter Bike for her, like I'm thinking, like a like a KLX or a, a WR250 or something, um, because she and I next summer, not 2021 but 2022, we want to do. She doesn't want to do long distance touring at the moment on her bike, but she and I do want to do like a national park trip, for like a month, and so to drive out to like Montana or Wyoming or. um or uh, Utah um, with two bikes and basically unload the bikes and do day trips. Camp, putts around, put the bikes back on the truck, go to the next place. And so we're looking at like selling a couple of our cars to get a truck in order to do a trip like that, where we can just put two bikes in the back. And if you look at the average uh, full size pickup, Um, you can't really put a 670 pound GSA and an F750 in the back. Plus she and I and the dog and all of our camping gear. You're, you're at, you're, you're close to maximum for your, um, for your payload. And I'm not buying like a, a, a three quarter ton truck for one trip a year. So we we just don't have that need. So, so we're looking at basically us having two smaller bikes, for that kind of a trip where the GS is, you know, they're, they're really there for those 500 mile days. They're not there for those 75 mile days, given their weight. Um, so this is that ideal world that I would like to build, <laughs> but I can't do that because the house we're in, um, we're not ready to sell it yet. We're looking by the way, we are house hunting, but we are incredibly picky. Like, I would rather build than buy, especially in New England, where all the houses are 150 years old. Um, we also are, um, you know, waiting on a couple of things, other things to happen that I won't get into their are personal but family stuff. That you know, we don't want to go and spend three hundred thousand dollars on a house um, right now. And people are like three hundred, but you know, <laughs> uh, that's what that's what it goes for on here. And, um, and I also don't want to get ahead of myself and get that two stroke without having a way to get it to places. Uh, and I also don't want to buy a truck right now because we have a lot of, um, you know, uh, um, a paradigm shift in the truck world where you've got the incoming cyber truck. Ford has released their first hybrid truck. Uh, Ram is still on a 48 volt mild hybrid, but would, probably add a hybrid at some point and so you've got this you know 25 mpg trucks that are coming um which would then need to go down market for the used market and then you also have fully electric trucks that are coming as well and all of them have two small beds okay. for my use like the gs is like seven feet long and all these trucks are like five feet beds and we have two of them so it's just it's it's there's a shift in happening in the truck market that i don't want to spend any money until things have changed but also um motorcycle sales are really hot right now and so i don't i also don't want to pay top dollar just because every other asshole is getting into motorcycling <laughs> like i've got three bikes myself and um and so like to compete with people on that is is the uh, reason for that next point though so So those of you that again stalk me all over the place know that I listed my beta for sale. In this ideal world, if I had my garage, I would be keeping the beta. I would be going back to the stock fuel tank, so from four gallons to one point two gallons, and um, you know doing that sort of like more lightweight dual sporting. That would shave forty pounds off the bike, by the way, to go back to a smaller tank and maybe ditch a the skid plate for the plastic one. And so, um, but the beta is worth more sold than it is in my garage. Um, It's a 140 hour dirt bike and uh, it's five years old. So um, I don't want to get to a point where the bike, you know, Depreciates to a point where I just keep it forever. I know some of you feel differently about that, but that's kind of where I am with it. And so I feel like we're at a good good point now. Where um, you know I spent seven thousand on it for three years ago, but I got a hell of a deal on it. Um, and then I went and put three thousand or four thousand into it in maintenance and parts, and it's real, it's still worth seven grand. And so that's I, I feel like I got some fun out of it. Um, and now it's time to move on. But I'm not yet ready to get a two stroke yet. And so I wanted to talk to you guys about, you know, given all that I've told you guys so far, and given how I blabbered my fat mouth about, um, about (laughs) only assholes are buying motorcycles right now. Um, the truth is, I'm still a patient asshole, meaning that, um, I don't mind waiting for 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 things to come along that are a good deal. Um so what what I settled on is get rid of the beta. So get rid of the current three hundred twenty pound dirt bike and keep in mind that I won't have a truck for at least a year or two and keeping in mind that um I'm Kind of tired of the dilemma, which is, is the GS or a beta ride? Because they're both, they're not opposite ends of the spectrum. It's not like a K16 or RT versus a two-stroke. That would be even more of a separation. But, you know, 320 pounds versus 670, that's a big difference. Um, plus, the beta is far more expensive when I when I drop it. Um, so, I've been looking at middleweight bikes, but I don't want a middleweight bike that is road biased and so you're probably thinking well that was your beta yeah but the beta had the problem of just being incredibly uncomfortable on the days where we were going to be riding all day okay i'm gonna get a uh a a ktm 790 no that's too close to 500 pounds i'm gonna get an f850 gs well that's too close to the stock gs way that's a 500 pound bike easily and doesn't settle my issue of um of just the fairings and everything being just incredibly expensive. So wait for the Norden 901. Nope. That's too close to an F850. Then get a Super Tenere 700. Maybe. That's also pretty heavy. It's the price is right though. That's a incredible value. Um but still too road biased. And then I started looking at, well, shit, just get an old KLR. It's heavy, but at least it's not gonna be too expensive to fix. Um But I can't I can't do I know that I can't do Enduro bikes. Uh I my butt is too big for those. Uh, like I feel like my butt just spills over the seat. Someone the other day was asking me about that. Like, what what is your exact problem with the beta? <laughs> I like, I explained to them in explicit detail, and afterwards I felt so bad. I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain it to you guys in explicit detail, and you can you can have your kids in the back seat laughing at me. Um, so I have the widest seat concepts XL comfort deluxe seat on the beta. It's huge by enduro terms, but when I sit on it. My butt bones, you know, left and right of my, of my anus <laughs> are sitting on that seat. And then the rest of my fat American butt, the fat on both sides of my hips or butt cheeks is, is spilling over the sides of the seat. Honestly, if I was like a really confident person, I would just take a picture of me in like underwear on the beta and you would see exactly what I'm talking about. Like, I don't have any sort of, I've got padding but I don't have a space like uh, um. It's like sitting on a camp chair versus uh, versus like a proper chair. Um, it, it's all about the 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 surface area that allows your your body's weight to be distributed more evenly. And right now, basically, it's just two butt bones sitting directly on the seat. Actually, not directly on the seat. The two butt bones are kind of on the edge of where the seat's edges allow for. So you know, basically, I'm sitting on like you know, a four by four post and my butt bones are right on the edge of where the crease is. And so what that means for me is that really it's everything between my butt bones that's sitting on the seat, which if you can get creative in your thinking, it's very uncomfortable. um, After about 15 minutes and I've tried cushioned, uh, butt pads, I've tried, uh, you know, different layers of under under layers. Uh, I've tried moving around the seat. I've tried like sitting side saddle, like with my one cheek sitting on, and I alternate. The truth is long day in the saddle on the beta. And the next day I can't sit in chairs. That's the reality. Like if I'm, if we're doing like an eight hour day, the next day I wake up, I sit into like the dining room table chair and I go, I'm going to go lay down. This is uncomfortable. Uh, and it's the biggest seat concept seat you can make. So what, I, what I've learned is I'm not compatible with enduro bikes for anything more than an afternoon of riding, a.k.a. trailer the thing up to northern New Hampshire, unload, ride around, and then trailer it home. But don't ride up there. <laughs> and and I, I know you guys are doing like tat, you know, two-stroke tat rides across the country. Good for you. I don't know how you do it. Uh the bikes have plenty of power. The ergonomics are great. The 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 handle positions, the foot peg length, I'm a tall, big guy. I love big enduro bikes that are lifted above stock. I think my, my beta seat height was like um thirty seven inches or something. I mean, you know, I I would throw a leg over and the sag was perfect. Um we're going a little long here. So So what I decided to do was about, I'd say, June of last year, I started looking at options. And I eventually decided that um, I would get, like, it was between the Super Tenere 700, which was a little heavier than I wanted. Uh, The KTM 690 was um, a little smaller than I wanted. Not smaller, I'm sorry. um, um, More sporty, you know, a lot of power, thumper, you know, kind of a rocket for a single. Um, Or I would basically try a KTM 500 and then just try like an air seat and see if that worked for me for for a year or two. Um, Or the KLR, which would have been perfect for like my butt. But then KLRs are obviously incredibly underpowered and they're little tractors and they're pretty damn heavy. Cause it's just steel everywhere. So, um, I, I kind of bided my time. I definitely didn't want to buy last year because of all of the motorcycle, you know, fanaticism and those happening for the city dwellers. And, um, And what I planned on doing was like by December, I decided I'm going to sell my beta in the spring and I'm going to do a GS only year. Uh, the GS trophy is next summer, 2022 in Albania. Um, and, and so I know the qualifier is coming up in May and I've been preparing for that, uh, mentally and physically. um, a confidence of actually going to the qualifier is a fifty percent, and confidence in qualifying is like one percent. Um, just given, you know, my my skill level. But the the point is, make it a GS year. Go to the GS rallies. Um, I've I've put on the vice president's hat for the Vermont BMW Club, which is a four hundred fifty member club. And uh, the promise is that this time next year I will take over the president's role and Muriel steps down, which is a lot of work. It's 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 obviously a big deal. Um, At the same time, I put my name in the hat for the national BMW MOA uh, board of directors, uh, which voting happens in April. Vote for me if you think I'm cool uh, and can do the job. So um, that plus I'll be required to go to the Montana rally uh, in June. Plus, I'm running the Vermont um, MOA getaway in uh, October, uh, September. Plus, I'm running the Green Mountain Rally in September. Uh, Plus, I'm getting married in October. So I thought to myself, let's just make 2021 a GS year, sell the beta, put the money in my day trading account, and just let it sit there. And then um, a year later, I'll finally purchase a bike for me. Because by then, most of the uh, the assholes that bought bikes in twenty twenty to go off road would have fallen out of love with the hobby and will be selling their their dirt bikes for, for cheap. Well, something occurred last year, and you guys know I'm a sucker for special editions and limited stuff. Um, uh, KTM decided, all of you assholes keep putting big ass fuel tanks on our motorcycles. So you know what? Here. Here's a 690 with six gallons of fuel, a a toggle switch for the two tanks, two fuel pumps, and you know what? Here's your 24-month warranty. It comes from the factory like this, and have fun. And they put the Husqvarna 701 long range out into the market. Limited. Uh, basically, saying there won't be a 2022 model. Pre order now. And people did. I did not. And then what I had heard was that dealers were only getting them in if there was cash on the table, meaning that there was a pre order set, kind of like the 890 rallies. If there wasn't a pre order set, you weren't getting one. And then fast forward to today, and there are like 15 in the country LRs. Um, that were pre-orders that people backed out of because they didn't start showing up at dealers until like riding season was over like December they all started showing up Uh, so I started looking into it and I thought the LR kit is three grand from from Husqvarna so if if I don't like the weight I can always yank it off and just put the stock fairing on Uh, it's not orange which is great and the LR kit is only $500 more than than the than the you know the the core husky 701 um and i said you know there's going to be dealer markup there's going to be all kinds of shenanigans i'm going to put a feeler out at a couple of dealers and i did and uh just so you know if i look at lrs in the like mid atlantic or northeast region there's three there's three from here to Jersey, which is a 250 mile drive. So there's three in my area. Um, one of them was marked up by $1,000. Uh, one of them had a deposit in already. And then one of them um, was MSRP, 12.5. <laughs> With no fees. Like, I said, what's the price? He 12.5. I said, no, what's out the door price? He's like, 12.5. We don't charge fees. What about freight and PDI and title fees, tag fees, et cetera? Nope, no fees. And so they said, if you put a deposit down, we'll hold it for a month. And, uh, and when you're ready, give us a check for 12.5, uh, and you can drive it home. And you guys know in New Hampshire we don't have we don't have tax. Even though this is a this is a bike that's located outside of New Hampshire, it's um they don't charge me sales tax because I get charged out the ass when I register vehicles. And so I said, okay, I'm gonna come sit on it and see how it fits me. Um first. So I took a three-hour drive each way, sat on it. Uh it does fit me. I went back home and for about a week I Kept telling Heather, someone's going to buy this thing, so it's not even worth doing. But let me do some more research. So I did more research. Um, you know, The KTM purists don't like the 2019 and later models because of all the electronic doodads. I like that because uh, when I went to add the VIN to my insurance, um, it was cheaper than the beta to insure uh, because my beta doesn't have traction control or ABS or any rider aids. And so um, they saw ABS and were like, oh... Perfect. Here's your it's like the 701 LR is for me $75 a year to insure um, where the beta was 96 or $98 a year. So I waited a week. I did a lot of research. Uh, started thinking about how I would build it up to be um, a bike that would be an overnight bike, which is something the beta could never do. The beta was a trail bike. Um, that felt weird when I threw luggage on the back of it. Um, This would be an overnighter bike with luggage that would still be under 400 pounds fully loaded that I could strip down naked, even removing the front fuel tank in half an hour and running it as a standard 701 um, with no ill effects. Just basically you just unplug the second fuel pump and you just put the front ferry on from a stock 701 and you can basically run it like a normal normal Husky. Um, for cheaper than F850, for more than a, a, a T7, and for less than a 890 uh, Adventure, uh, and only $500 more than um, the regular KTM 690-701. And it would be actually... About the same price as a KTM 500 six days as well, which was to have the seat problems. So I've purchased this bike. Um, I don't have it yet. So I I purchased the a bike that um, was on the truck en route to the dealership that the person pulled their deposit on. So it's still in the crate. First time I bought a bike that's actually still in the crate. Uh, they sent me a picture of the VIN, which I used to um, insure it. And, uh, sorry. Um, I'm not going to get it for about a month because I told them to, um, get it in the shop and yank the front forks and rear shock off and, uh, mail it down to a shop down in PA that does WP service. And that service center is going to, um, charge me like, well, the total like delivery $50 each way for shipping. Plus the two hundred dollars for the shop in New York to actually take the equipment off and put it back on, so it's about six hundred dollars for the shop in PA to replace the front and rear springs uh, with heavier springs for my weight, heavier oil, and also do a revalve uh, for my kind of riding. So you know, all in a thousand dollars before I even get the bike, um, doing that work to it, Uh, it feels bespoke. To do that. It's kind of nice to get the bike in. I sat on a I sat on a 701 LR that was on the floor, and yeah, it sags. It definitely sags a lot for my weight. I know you can rank, you know, tweak it all the way up, but I know that was me without gear and without uh, luggage. So it'll come with suspension for me. And then uh I'll start building it out. Um I hope that we we do a check in a year from now and it it in, has been proven to um have been everything that I wanted it to be which is a a roadworthy day trip bike that I don't hate to ride off road I hope that I don't miss the beta too much or I hope that I don't regret buying a two stroke so I think eventually what's going to happen is we'll be in a larger house we'll have a truck We'll have two uh, cheap, very lightweight four-stroke or two-stroke dirt bikes, Heather and I, for our for our trips. Then we'll each have a middleweight bike: her 750 and my 701 um, LR. And then I'll have the big GSA for my long touring trips. So basically, um. Oh, and plus the case... So it would be six bikes total would cover all of our riding plus the truck. Um, That would be our, like, our ideal setup. Uh, But until that happens, I have to find a bike that can do longer trips. Like, I want to do the TAT in 2022 um, or the Continental Divide, and I wouldn't do that on the Beta, and I wouldn't do it on the GSA. So... I'm hoping that this 701LR is exactly what I, I need. Um, and, and as you guys know, like based on this 40-minute episode, it's it's I put a lot of time into thinking about these things. And I also like archiving my thought process. So I'm, I'm, I appreciate those of you who listen to this episode. And it's also kind of a test for me because... This podcast has had over 700 downloads in the last 12 months total, which is nothing. And uh, it's averaging about 20 to 30 a month, which means that 20 to 30 people a month are going to the page and they're playing the episode and they're checking out. I would imagine maybe 5% of them are actually subscribing. So when I upload this episode, I don't know if you're all going to like, if I'm going to realize I have like 500 subscribers. I don't know what's the download going to be when I upload this, but I'm very curious how many people have subscribed to this podcast in the last year that I didn't know about. So depending on how that goes, I'll probably do a few more episodes while we're in the wintertime. I think I want to talk a bit more about um, the 2021 rally calendar of events. Uh, I'd also be talking a bit about um, some recent sponsorships I've gotten through the motorcycle world and um, maybe a general update about my bikes and projects and things that I'm working on in the, in the garage basement, not garage. I also want to check in with Heather because she and I are getting married this year in October. And uh, we want to do a lot more weekend trips this summer. Like just book a little small place in Maine and just go ride four or five hours North and then come back the next day. Uh, I know she wants to do Nova Scotia, but I think that's a little too far still for her. Uh, I'd like to get her up to um, Montreal on the bike if they reopen the borders. There's a bunch of stuff that she and I want to do together, but I just don't know if she wants to do anything that's longer than a few hours. So that's a conversation that we should have, and I want to record it. Um, she she did great riding last year, but I think she only did like 1,000 miles. It wasn't very much riding. Um, and... And we've been really safe with COVID, like incredibly safe. We haven't been sick once. Um, We don't leave the house very much. So that's been good for us. But uh, I know she struggled a little bit with that. Uh, Not that she has depression or anything, but like just the mental health angle of, you know, she skipped birthdays. She skipped um, nieces and nephew birthdays and celebrations. She skipped Easter. She skipped 4th of July, she skipped Christmas, um, Thanksgiving was us delivering food to all of our family. So she really struggled because she and I did nothing with friends and family this year and it was just really, really hard for us. Um, but we're safe, we're healthy, and um, we're still employed. So, Yeah. I don't let you guys go. This was actually about double the length of what I thought it would be. Um, I am still working. It's Saturday. I'm still working. I've got a lot of emails coming in. It's an ice storm outside, so I've got a lot of work happening with uh, property management. And uh, I I hope you guys are all safe. Happy 2021. Be be careful out there. And we'll uh, see you on the road. we out.